games and training activities. What's the problem with calling them a game? They can get carried away with it. What else? They don't take them seriously. They don't see the purpose and the message because a game is what? Fun. Fun. It's play. It's not work. What's even worse is what do you think your upper management and executives think when they hear they're going to do a bunch of training games and training? You don't need the money because you're not doing real work. You're not going to produce anybody. You're just going to have a bunch of players out. You know, that's not going to do any good. So what are some other alternatives that capture the elements of games as we use them in training? Experiential learning. Scenario-based. Scenario-based. That's also good. That's especially good for role-playing. Simulation, especially with e-learning. I tend to read them as interactive learning events. ILEs. Throw that acronym at them and they'll love it. <laughs> that sounds exactly what I want. Oh, yesterday when I called it a game, you thought it was trash, but okay. <laughs> it's an interactive learning event. <laughs> now, this is part of the reason I learned to do this. And, and I joke about the engineering. We had that during the prelim. My dad is a chemical engineer in the nuclear field. And he absolutely hated every time he had to go to training. He thought it was a waste of time. He had real work to do, especially because they wanted to send him to learning soft skills training. Yeah. That's not his game. He's not interested in that at all. One day, he was talking to his boss, and she made some comment about when she goes to these training events that she doesn't do, that she just tells them straight out she won't do any parlor games. After that, my dad was like, said, if I have to go again, I'm going to say I don't do parlor games. <laughs> and we did that. And that made me more aware, you know, because here I am, the trainer in the family, <laughs> working in the same business as dad, and <laughs> going, that causes problems for me. <laughs> Because everything we learn is interactive, engaging, learning events, yield what? Anything? Retention. Lecture yields what? Usually boredom. It, it, it certainly doesn't usually have as much retention. So... We want to look for the ways to make things interactive, engaged, and involve the learners. And you're all going, so why aren't you doing that? <laughs> well, let me do it right now. Take a moment and come up with, you know, you can work in pairs or talk to, uh, with others, but come up with a quick keynote from what we've just been discussing. What was your takeaway from what we just did? 
You can do it amid. You don't have to sit there staring at me going, oh, shoot. You mean like a title? You do a title, a keynote, a summary statement, oh, sorry. a bumper sticker. Okay. okay. <laughs> you want to share? Interactive learning rocks. Interactive learning rocks. I like that. That works as a bumper sticker. Play to learn. <laughs> Play to learn. So, I think if you really want to learn the material and not just go over their head, but then ignore it, you need to have something that's more interactive. Actually, ASCD. Yes, ASCD. <laughs> 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 Are you with her? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll put about you. <laughs> We can play games, but don't call them that. Sounds good. That is an example of what I call an intellectual interruption. It is how you can make lectures more interactive. Is what you do is you can set a timer, or you can plan it in. There are different ways to make lecture more interactive, besides just asking questions and trying to get feedback from the environment. You can stop the motion and have people come up with questions that they want to ask and challenge other teams with. You can have them do a summary statement, come up with a bumper sticker slogan. You can also do things like what's described in here as the bingo and the crosswords, where you have some key words. Like in the bingo, I love, you have like keywords, and as the people have, hear the words being spoken, as they take notes, they, they basically mark out that square. And if they get a bingo, they get to stand up and get a prize <laughs> for getting the first bingo in the class. I, have you used that? So, it is possible, even though most of us are going like, Lecture can be interactive, <laughs> that it is possible to make your opportunity for the class to have interaction, even with some of the dullest material and some of the longest lecture. But you have to plan in your moments and do it. What I'd like to do at this point, because I got ahead of myself, and jumped into, what am I going to talk about? I'd like to know what all you would like to have as takeaways from today. What's a good balance between uh, explaining and telling versus audience participation? Is there a balance? Can you do too much of one of, the, of, of just playing games? Is that okay for yeah. telling versus doing? Mm -hmm. What other takeaways people might want? It's one thing to just call it something, but you could still have people going, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Okay. What do you do when people how do you design games into your material when you're writing it, but you have many, many different teachers? All right. Anything else? 
I guess when to choose a game versus other types of interactions, role plays, or you know the other options that are also interactive, also active type of learning experience? I'll say straight out, I don't consider them different. I know people will refer to training games, but I'd say any interactive learning event counts. You know, you don't have to call it a game. It's an interactive learning event. So role plays, simulations, um, all of those are still what we're looking at here for how to make them more effective. Those are some great takeaways. We'll see what we get out of this. And how do you make engineers excited about doing this? <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who brought it up. I'll add it to the list. <laughs> Let them prove how smart they are. Sort of the thing, which kind of goes with the competition for men. Um, brings up an interesting point. What is the difference? Why do men prefer competition and women shudder at competitions? in a gaming environment. Not all of them do. Not all of them do. But, but, all right, sign up. There's a study that was done that showed um, foot races in children and uh, logic or math games uh, or problems in college students. The study showed that the females participants ran the same or did the same performance on the problems whether they were competing against themselves just trying for their best time whether they were competing against somebody else or whether there was money compensation incentive added to it no changes the male counterparts however boys ran faster when they had a competition somebody that they were trying to beat. They especially ran faster when the person they were trying to beat was a woman or a girl. When you put money incentives so only one person went away with the money on the problems, the men were the ones who, who sped up their time. Now, I argue that for the most part, what this tells us is that women are always working at peak efficiency. <laughs> but men always hold a little back until you give them that ramp up reason. <laughs> This is the message to supervisors. If you have women and you keep saying, you've got to do better, you've got to do faster, you're like, what, more hours? I don't get it. <laughs> but um, indeed, men are often motivated by competition, but women are motivated by relationships, as you said, by a collaboration, so to speak. So you can very much turn off women attendees by adding competition, especially between individuals. But if you do competitions between teams, mm -hmm. you have both elements, collaboration and competition. And usually that appeals to both sexes. Mm -hmm. But you're right, there is no universal, it's always this way, it's always that. <laughs> All right. These are the takeaways we're hoping to get. I want to start with, I'm going to have you work in teams a lot today, so be prepared. As a good girl? No, no. <laughs> if you really want it, you can work for that, but I don't recommend it. 
Um, I'd like to do what's called a reverse brainstorm in here. And you want to work in teams of three people, preferably, three to four, whatever's comfortable. We're going to start with, okay, I'm going to let you go to your team now. Break them into their groups before you give the instructions and have them move to their group because otherwise they're in the mix of everything. So, we're trying it. We're seeing how it works. The reverse storm starts with taking the opposite of what you want to accomplish. Today, our big focus is making interactive learning events or making training more effective. Making the learning event more effective. So the reverse of that is how do I ensure my training is not effective? Are you going to ask for reports Reports afterwards? <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> now, sorry, I wrote it on the board, which meant I talked. I went away and didn't give you directions. Now, <laughs> you know what our question is. What I want you to do within your group for the next few minutes is brainstorm a list of how do you ensure training is not effective. Make a list. Check it twice. You know what? It is amazing how good Americans or other cultures can be at finding the negative approach to something. That's why this activity works so well. What I want you to do at this point is pick your top three. Rank them. One, two, three. I say this is the number one because if you're not talking about what you're supposed to be teaching, there's no way you can learn it yeah. if you stay awake. <laughs> yes, right. But what else would be a good? Uh, the boring one. The boring one. Like well, yeah, we've got some that don't answer questions, but certainly be up there for me. Um, Mark, all the ones we're talking about here, and that was this was the boring one. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, preparation. Preparation is up there too, and I would think. What did I mean here? No explanation of instruments. Uh, what did you mean by that? <laughs> no explanation of. Oh, well, instructions. Instructions, right? I write instruments so often I guess automatically. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, those are good. Yeah, mumbling, no expression, don't move anything, just stand in one place, you know, and you both the whole class. Yeah, yeah, good. Another good one is when you don't, um, you don't give your audience any belief in you. You don't give them no credibility. Credibility. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. They, they don't believe you're credible. Well, this is the first time I've taught this class. I'm really not sure what we're going to. I just graduated. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you're all sixty. Hmm. That's right. You're not going to believe me. <laughs> Yeah. That's my favorite. <laughs> Wear tie-dye shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot to, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I forgot to mention that again. We're going casual. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pattern to it. I, I, you know, I, it's a pattern to it. I used it. So, so, like, it I, I, I usually made one of these before. I made one of these before. It's fine. We're all these 
It's challenging to make. Fun thing to do with kids. So, do you have a police? Would you mind sharing one of your top choices with us? Um, be very, very boring. Be very, very boring. talking monotone. Yeah, talking monotone. Go kind of. Oh yeah, I. I'm kidding. I can't help it. What did you come up with as uh, one of your top items? Um, we had um, all lecture. Our hardest thing was when we had sort of subsets of certain main ones was decide which ones were subsets of which because we had things like know your audience, know your objectives, mm-hmm. and your objectives fit your audience, um, Monitor your audience as you as you proceed to see how they're reacting to it. And okay. I'm a little still unclear on like which great. which one was the It's a great eye on speak. Some of the other people do. You were saying a good one was the have all lecture. Mm-hmm. You know, you really want to turn them off. Have all lecture. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't say one line is like, I'm so passionate about fear during my life. Unfortunately, I've lived through in my life. It's not knowing what you're talking about, what you're training on. <laughs> 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 really, really, I, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, but they're done that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been known to yield my knowledge to the floor. I learned one of the best lessons I ever got in one time where he said, that no matter what the question is from the audience, they'll say, let's see if somebody else has an idea on that. And he'll always field it back to the audience so that you never know when it's a matter of he doesn't know what he's talking about or does. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes. It's, it's, it certainly becomes credible, makes you a credible presenter the more you bring passion and knowledge on the subject. I'll get into that. So let's, let's reverse these once again. We've had fun tearing it apart. Now let's look at how can we take that one item you chose and reverse it again. So you had irrelevant, irrelevant material. So now your question is, how do I ensure our materials are always relevant for the students. And now you brainstorm that question. You had all lecture. How do I ensure not to have all lecture with my training materials? And sorry, my brain boredom. Boredom. How do I ensure training's not boring? So the best yeah. trainers are the ones that are insane. I have a guy in my group who just can't stop the foot thing. <laughs> With my ears to the different groups, and going, wow, these are awesome. Now, normally, in reverse storm, one of the things we might do is have everybody, once again, evaluate their list, rank them, because that gives them their, tar- their top targeted strategies. 
Or we might go to the next question. Suggestion you had from your negative list, reverse it again and start brainstorming the next set of strategies. All of these give you ideas and, and action plans for moving forward. But what I would love to do right now is hear from each group what they came up with for their second set of ideas. And our thing was that we wanted to present irrelevant material. at the last workshop, this recent workshop I took, um, he explained that studies had shown for retention, when you were going around the room, if Kathy stood up, Kathy knew or heard that everyone passed her, but up before her she had little retention, unless she was taking notes and being really industrious, because she was too busy trying to figure out what she was going to say and rehearsing it in her mind. So she wasn't attending to the individuals, whereas you get interaction where they're meeting other people, they're doing something, you'll get a better icebreaker quite often. 
Not that I'm saying the other is bad. <laughs> but there's benefits to it, too. So pick people at random, then, instead of just going around in a straight order. That might also be different. Um, like I said, I... <laughs> and some of it also depends on how much you expect from them. If it's a matter of just tell me your name, what you do in the company, and how long you've been with the company, those are fairly simple. They know what they're going to answer. But if you throw in, and tell us what kind of cartoon character you would be, then they're going to be going, okay, do I want to do Scooby-Doo? Why do I want to do Scooby-Doo? Okay, maybe I should do Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. And that's when, it, when you start really pulling people away. Great suggestions. Any more? Thank you. Okay, so ours was to make our training uh, less interesting instead of boring and monotone and all that. So we wanted to first hire good people, people who were very manic and very interesting and had interesting voice levels and were very funny. We wanted to make them wear a costume. I'm joking about that. They're too to be early about not wearing tie-dye. Maybe using props, uh, making sure that the material is planned well enough that it is organized so that it's not as so it's planned better. Um, having volume changes and making various teaching approaches so that not everything is lecture, so that we have different things thrown in there, and maybe having some sort of reward system to help break things up as well. Wonderful. <laughs> what did you think of this activity? How did you feel when you had to come up with negative ideas? Interaction does cost in time. There's no if and or I mean, the side benefit of though is oh, of course. Depending on the learning style, if you have uh, somebody that's a sensory learner, it takes a while to digest. It helps them you know, do that because they have that extra time. And everybody in this room now knows how to do it. some knowledge of the subject that they can apply. It's something they're totally new to. 
It may not be appropriate for them. So we definitely, so just as we want to make our materials relevant, we want to also look at what activities help provide the relevance. Yeah. Um, how else might you use this or change it up? Yeah, that's what you just did. Mm -hmm. For me, since I work a lot with salespeople, I could ask them to, to act like the customer in a given scenario. You know, what things can you do to make, to make a visit harder? You know, whatever the point is, you can have to be the other role in a, in a role play is a similar takeoff. Okay, great idea. One thing that I did in with this type of a model when I was a piano teacher, uh -huh. I had to teach the kids how to bow. And um, what I do is uh, they have their all in a group, and then I would make the most stupid bow that I could possibly do, and then have to elicit what did I do that was wrong. So it was kind of a way of using the reverse brainstorm by doing the model. Yeah, maybe I like that. I bet so. I bet they had fun with that. Yeah. Any other ideas for changing it up? I, I was just immediately thinking about my job, and I was thinking maybe I could do how not to be a good you know, customer service rep. You know, what do you do? Hang up on the person? Be rude to them? I don't know if you've taught NCR yet, but this was at one point was in NCR. Really? I don't know if it still is, but it used to be in NCR. How to do bad customer service. <laughs> and, and almost always when the different review teams, and I will warn you of this, if you build it into materials that you then hand somebody else to review, almost always they went, we don't want to do this. Teaching the bad things. Because the first thing they notice <laughs> is they can focus in on the bad, and they don't want you to do that. They just want you to focus on the good. And it's like, trust us, it works. It's a processing deal. <laughs> because if I just asked you to come up with how to make training more effective, would you have picked the same top priorities? Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. But knowing what makes it most ineffective and strategizing to get past that, to target that as your new behavior you're going to not allow to happen, means that you actually have more effectiveness in that task. Try the marital counseling. <laughs> what will break up this marriage? You know, just lay it on the line. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> well, um, since you have identified some wonderful pieces of ideas, I thought we'd do envelopes based on some of these things. Now, envelopes is something from Tiagi. I've mentioned Tiagi a few times. If you've never, if you have no idea who this Tiagi person is. That's wax on, wax off, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be Miyagi. Okay. Tiagi oh. is okay. the um, really games guru and has been for almost 50 years of International Society for Performance Improvement. He's so old in the system, he works with Skinner. But he is definitely the head person for coming up with performance improvement strategies that are interactive learning. I really enjoy. Huh? Have you written? Okay. He's written so many books, it's exhausting. 
But go to tiami.com. You will see a number of free resources with interactive learning events, as well as all the books he has available for purchase. <laughs> he was the first one that I came across that came up with the concept of interactive lecture strategies. So if you want more ideas for that, and you want more than what I just had in the little handout, there's where you go. So we're going to go on to do envelopes. What fun, what joy. <laughs> <laughs> I've handed each of you, your teams, an envelope with a problem on the outside of it. And a number of blank Rolex cards that you get to keep. What I want you to do in your team, you can either do it individually to make up lots of ideas, or as a team discussing it and write one at a time. But I want you to write suggestions or ideas you have to address the question on your envelope. When you're finished, when time's up, you're going to put all the suggestions you've come up with into your envelope, and then we're going to do something new. Okay. So our problem is, <coughs> how do I get audience buy-in during interactive events? Use a card. Uh huh. We can do it together, and you can do it individually. You had one on the last one that fits this, which was the reward system that you just talked about. Yeah. In other words, yeah, you, you reward behavior for paying attention, uh, volunteering, asking questions. The stress on frequent, frequent but very small rewards. Yeah, like a, like a, some M and M impacts or those little, what did you use? You used? I just used stickers. She used stickers. <laughs> and the stickers, yeah. Or, or little tickets. But it has been frequent, so if you only do it once every hour and a half, it is too little. It's not going to work. So I'll write that down. Use frequent rewards, rewards for audience attending. attending. Use frequent rewards for audience attention. Asking questions, etc. Can you share with us what your problem is and what were the solutions that bring you from top to bottom? You thought we got it from top okay, to bottom. Uh, ours was how do I get audience buy-in during interactive events? And uh, our top one, 30 points. What's in it? <coughs> uh, 25 points. Ask audience for input and examples from their uh, experience. Uh, 20. Input humor, people like it. Okay. Uh, Ten, make uh, personal connections with the audience, touch, eye contact, walk around the room. Uh, seven points, use frequent reward, rewards such as candy and stuff, uh, asking questions, etc. Uh, five, research audience profile, find out what your typical audience member will be. And three, uh, Find audience needs, mood, and get permission. Ah. Yes, asking permission is very important to get some learner a sense of control and make them more willing to participate if they get that permission. Of course, the bad side is they may say no. 
I don't do cargo games. I don't do cargo games. How about you? So, thank you. Those are great. Everybody enjoy that list? Do you think those are useful tools for getting buy-in? Okay. What's next? She's only oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Okay. Uh, give us your problem. <coughs> um, where should I add interaction through the training? Okay. So our number one on the list was as a way to practice the Okay. Um, number two is 25 points, and it was any time that it contributes to the learning event. I like that one. Our next one was 20 points, and it was basically as close as possible to the skill that's being taught or to the behavior that's being taught. And then 15 points was at a synthesis point, key point. There's like 20 of them that all said the same thing. <laughs> they all, quite a few of those. Um, five points was at the end of a point or topic, or as a summary to the lesson. And then three points was to put the game in the beginning to act as a foreshadow or show what they are working up to. And then one point was when you're losing the audience, because we thought if you're losing the audience, you have a bigger problem. <laughs> However, giving them something interactive or engaging is a great way to bring them back. So, so that's a good point. It's a matter of opinion. <laughs> it is a matter of opinion. <laughs> uh, my opinion is it's more a question of when not to. When not to is when it takes too much time. When you have restrictions on what you can do. When you have an audience that starts reacting badly to the program, to the games. When you have a game war in your classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, I had somebody who had that. They literally had. They could not have the people interact because it always resulted in the two sides, the two factions, getting into a game war, practically. So, you know, you have those situations who have beyond engaged learning concerns. <laughs> yeah, full contact learning. Okay. How about your team? We have, how can I design interactions for multiple teachers? Um, we had so many in this envelope. What we decided to do is break them up into buckets and group them to like areas. So the most, or the one that stands oh. out the most, the top. Thank you. Uh, so say number five. Bring that points down some. Uh, making the objections very clear, clean and specific. Being specific about your guidelines, giving models. Um, having good facilitators guys, I think that's on top. Next would be, right, uh, excuse me, quick and easy to do, make interaction easy, make interactions easy for delivery and facilitate setup as well as the activity. That'd be our second most important. Third most important is provide options or choices so activity can vary. Variation is important. Variation and diversity in your activities are important because of your audience. Not everyone's the same. Last, or no, second to last, we have select, inter select interactions that use common formats or are similar to something common. They're okay. So it needs to be using a Jeopardy frame. Right. Frame, 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 games frame games are, yes. are tremendous help. Especially if you're in that quick bind and, oh gosh, we got 20 minutes, what do we do? Here we go. Reinforce your learning. <laughs> um, and lastly, T3s, just because of the nature of the 
Anybody not know what she means by a T3? I don't. Train the trainer. Train the trainer. TTT. That's serious speech. That's serious speech. That's why I interrupted. Well, actually, there were a lot of people who were not serious that didn't have a problem with T3. I know what that meant. So that that was our last one was T3, just because it's it's important. Although for this opportunity, it's not as critical. If the materials are good, they'll help explain the activity exactly. enough. Thank you. But sometimes it really helps to have that opportunity. I, I had my own lessons learned. Tell the person the purpose of the activity, even if they're not going to communicate it to the students ahead of time. If they understand that, oh, the reason we're practicing asking questions and responding to them is to reinforce the learning from here. Suddenly, oh, this activity is worth doing compared to, I don't get why we're doing this, so I'm just going to take it out. Well, it's like uh, if you're building a puzzle, you're putting a puzzle together, who not looks at the picture first to see what it is you're putting together before you take on this 5,000 piece puzzle? Only certain people. (laughs) 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 My niece tells me there's somebody who always builds their puzzle face down. They build the puzzle face down and only focus on the shapes. Wow. Okay. So there are people out there, but that's not me. (laughs) Um, We've done a couple of different interactive activities. And I was wondering, what did you notice? um, If you were to categorize, back up, restart. How many are you familiar with Bloom's taxonomy? Okay. With the hierarchy, it's a hierarchy of cognitive skills. Evaluation is <coughs> most considered the most difficult or strenuous skill. It's also where you want to target for the most retention and effect. Synthesis, under that. Analysis is under that. Then you have the bottom three, which include Knowledge. I'm sorry. Memory is one. Memory. Memory. Comprehension, which is instead of just repeating exactly what was said, you paraphrase it. And last is applying, which is where you hit with a lot of math things. Can you apply the skill? Can you do the task? How, where were we in these interactive (coughs) learning events that we did? Top is evaluation. Creative. Synthesis. Creating something. Analysis. Application. Comprehension. Knowledge. Or rote memory. Huh? Evaluation because we're having to judge other people's ideas and put weights, you know, putting a point value. That's, that's right out of it, you know. You have to Absolutely. assign values to those ideas. So. Plus synthesis, you were creating suggestions. You weren't just recapping. Well, Jay said this is a good idea, so. You were just taking somebody else's cards and, you know, necessarily in just working. Mm-hmm. So one of the values of a lot of these interactive learning events 
is they allow you to target the higher levels of Bloom's taxonomy. I can't say that for a lot of what I design. Without the interaction, you know, it's like, I can tell you, please go evaluate these things. But without the interaction, you don't have that social negotiation to realize whether you're doing well, whether you're doing poorly, how does it work, what's, you know, getting a different point of view. So it's very important, especially if you want to hit the top levels of limit. I would like to do a real quick debrief of the entire session. One of the greatest problems with debriefs is you ask a question, you get one, two, maybe three people answering questions. Not everybody gets to speak to it. There are ways to help increase the number of participants, and this is one of my favorite ways. So everybody, please stand up and come to this nice empty space in the beginning of the year. <laughs> Here we go. We're getting up. Please, please, please pick a partner. <laughs> okay. And show me you have your partner. All right. Now, one of you stand facing the other one on the outside of the circle, and we make a circle. Face the partner on the outside of your circle. With your partner, please spend a few moments or a few seconds discussing how do you feel about the things that happened today? Uh, engaged. Engaged. Great. I'm glad to hear that. I've been there. I saw a little engaged myself. Yes, you were. Uh, um, uh, and, and learning new things. Uh, reinforcement of things I knew already. Okay. A sense of confirmation. Would have used this exercise a little sooner. So I could just since the first row and the second row were split up, maybe a little more. Uh, yeah, get people up and moving. A little more mixing. That's great idea. Uh, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot because I'm not responding with any of what I got out okay. of it. Okay, okay. Tell me what uh, your thought was. Because I had a good day today. <laughs> I'm feeling proud of what I think got accomplished. Good. I'm feeling rushed because, you know, there's like, oh, damn, I yeah. can do so much more with this. Right. Time is running out. Okay. Yep. And speaking of that, all right, please close that clock. And everybody on the inside circle, move one person to the right. Oh, that's a good one. Oh. <laughs> and if you would, please share with your new person what happened. What did you learn? Same thing. Um, like the balance is telling her to do the disadvantages of each. One of the more interesting points that came out of Tiagi workshop was he talked about perception of effectiveness of training. Effectiveness of training. He had a, um, he had like three different groups in school, uh, college. One group at the end of you know after every ten or fifteen minutes of lecture, they did the create questions within their teams, more lecture, create questions, more lecture, create questions. One group only got the lecture, 
And the one group not only did the create questions, but also tested and competed for their questions against the other teams. Now, what was the retention rate a week later on that material? There was a impro definitive improvement of the team that not only created the questions, but also did the competition. Also an improvement of the team that did the questions over the team that just got lecture. But not as much as you would think. However, when asked how confident they were about being able to do the task, the team that got only lecture was significantly higher than the team that did interaction. Higher in confidence? confidence? Higher in confidence of the material and being able to apply it. That seems opposite of what... Yes, all of us trainers are going, what? Because <laughs> we know you get better retention the more engaged and involved they are in the learning. But their perception is based on what? What do most people bring to training immediately as their opinion of how training works and when they're learning the best? When you're lecturing. Is when you're mimicking what they see as the public education system. So doing lecture in college. I mean, I, I, you make the call. We've, we've joked about getting engineers involved. Flat out, engineers want the lecture, the test, and the out of there. Preferably, lecture, let me read this while you're lecturing at me because you're, you're what you say doesn't matter. And the test being, let me get out of here. I mean, I've literally listened to this man say the best training he ever had. He sat in the back, read the book, took the test, and walked out the door. And that was his opinion of the best training he ever had. He didn't involve himself at all with the material. He was the top engineer or manager of the engineer group. You know, it happened. So. That makes me question what would the level of knowledge experience? He might have been more bad, so he was going to do this or something. And he didn't, and it meant that he streamlined how long he spent in training instead of doing his real job. You know, a compliance course in training. <sighs> Damn, I have to take it. Oh, good, you got me out of here in 15 minutes. Okay, cool. That was the best training I've ever had compared to a compliance in course in training that has lots of interactive activities and you really take away your information. The engineers are going to be just livid. Why are you chilling all my time up? Not that I'm trying to stereotype engineers, because there's always <laughs> exceptions. <laughs> it has to do with learning styles, too. But a lot of engineers are learn better by reading and self-studying. That's right. They've spent multiple years Teaching doing themselves. lecture and self-study to get where they're at. Um, some of the disadvantages for, of telling versus doing. Telling has less retention. Does it engage the learner? If you're dealing with college students, at least the moment you turn on those PowerPoints and start doing it, within five minutes they're all having sexual fantasies <laughs> and are no longer paying attention to what's being discussed. I, this is the study Tiagi gave us. I don't know if it really applies in an alternative setting. I hope not. <laughs> I'm visual about my class now. Now we're there are a bunch of college students, and I'm, I don't know what y'all thinking about. <laughs> 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 I'm 
come back. <laughs> and you thought you were the one who had to imagine them in their underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, telling also has a disadvantage. Like I said, no, no retention. It also tends to make people zone out. Less likely that they're going to participate because they get in that kind of like fog. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, the doing, the interaction. Great stuff. We loved it. What were some of its disadvantages? Oh. And then it also depends on your audience, too. It'll depend on your audience. Because the higher, the more executive, or the less they want to role play and, you know. Uh, even though they may be the ones who most need it. it. They're the ones yeah. that don't want to do it. So most, I mean, you'll get some pretty, pretty strong attitudes about, uh, this isn't what I'm here for. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking of, the, of the balance in terms of a directed or undirected. In some cases, you could get very frustrated if you just were told to put something together and you don't have any explanation of uh, where, where to start or first steps, a, a novice learner can get pretty frustrated with a, frustrated. With a, yeah. a problem. Role playing because they don't know what they're trying to play. Yeah. So some or, examples or and some telling is... You say they can't talk because you're trying to get them to realize how frustrating that is communication-wise. But meanwhile, they start getting angry. Yeah, it's so <laughs> awkward. signal to the rest of their team, no, do it this way. Stop messing things up. <laughs> um... But one of the things, besides the time that's the disadvantage of doing, is that they may not get the message you intended them to get out of it. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways we can counterbalance that? Introduce the message. Introduce one of the messages that we're Summarize it. Summarize it. Make sure you cover the points that they were supposed Mm -hmm. to get out of that activity and test them on it with some sort of assessment. Okay. Test them on it. Online quiz, make sure that they're getting something out of it. What else? What about the debriefing? Definitely important. Give them a chance to express what they felt, especially if there were emotions involved in the practice, what happened, what they noticed, what they learned, how it relates to their work. What could they do differently? What would be new ideas for this? We're, um, I know that Christine and I were talking about envelopes, and I told her that not only do you have them um, get the scores, but then the teams recollect their pieces and add it up and compare their score against the rest of the team so you get a winner. Um, that would be a what if. And what next? Where do we take this from here? Where do we go with this? Um, I have no solutions for when you have players only. Though I might look for additional ways to add it in, but also recognize that there may be, although you may have some people who just want to play, others may assume that if all we're doing is playing, we're not actually learning anything, going back to that perception of, if you are boring me, then I'm not learning. (laughs) 
so do the balance. So what are you doing to breathing, you know, mm -hmm. everything you just said? Tell me what have you learned today? Just because if you want to learn something, if it's, well, I learned your name. Okay, good enough. You know, so you did learn something. Mm -hmm. And so that will set aside, you know, somebody's requirement of a learning experience. Yes. Good point. Um, basically, the when to choose fits back to the what's your purpose and what are your limitations. It's like any project management. You know, if you want to get this much pounded into the people, but you only have this much time to do it, you're not going to be doing a lot of interaction. But if you want to focus, if you want to sell to the people, well, do you want them to just get the information, or do you want them to be able to apply, use, and really take home and retain the information? Well, then we're going to need to expand into this much time so we give that opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, any questions or expectations that we haven't really addressed or met? I just you you were in a workshop with with Tiagi. I took Tiagi's workshop in Houston this last couple months ago. And and was it an all day workshop? It was an all day event. Plus he did a presentation the evening before their Houston chapters meeting. Wow, which was awesome. Uh huh. It was about his rapid instructional design philosophies, including the let the inmates run the asylum. Don't try to control the learning and the interactive events. Let the people co-teach each other instead of you being the only teacher in the room. You like the concept. You, you like his instruction and his way of, of doing it. I um. You got a lot out of it. I get a lot out of it. I I, but I believe that you do have to balance it. You have to look at what's what's your real goals here. Just doing activities for the sake of activities isn't good enough. Just doing an activity because it sounds cute isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. It has to relate to what your purpose is. So it sounds like you got a whole new level of appreciation for That was where I made the connection of activities. losing taxonomy. Uh -huh. And when I realized that, it became real important to me to start doing more of these in my management development courses because I want the people to be working at synthesis, analysis, and evaluation levels. Cool. Any other questions? We'll thank you for doing this for us. Thank you.